Hi, I'm Emmy. And I'm Mago. And this is the Five Things Podcast. Hi, Mago. Hey, Emmo. We're back. We're back. We have, we owe you guys an apology. We had to take a week off. <laughs> we did. did. Did people, I mean, did anyone notice? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think, <laughs> I know Pete noticed. And I bet your mom noticed. Nice. Probably. I, I think someone did ask me, who was it? Oh, wait, no, it was just Taylor, our editor. <laughs> Hi, Taylor. Um, I noticed because I missed seeing you. I know. I really did miss it. it I've been, I mean, is this embarrassing to admit that I've been listening to our podcast all week long because I just missed it? So have I. <laughs> uh, we're so We're so funny. I think we're the only two big fans, mega fans. That's right. It's fine. We already decided that we are going to, when one of us dies, the other one's just going to lay on the ground and listen to all our podcast episodes and mm-hmm. cry. In a giant puddle of tissues. <laughs> we probably, hopefully we'll be too old to lay on the ground and we'll just be in our wheelchairs. Yeah. I mean, I have this big dream of um, yeah. ending up in the same, um, like, I don't know, memory care facility or something. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, you know, living out, living out the end of our lives together. Of course, with yeah. Pete, Nathan. Well, but. yeah, I'm, I've always assumed Nathan won't be alive still at that age. <laughs> <laughs> oh he doesn't gosh. have great genes, so we'll see. Okay, well, today is exciting because we are going to talk about five things about the Enneagram. Woo, woo. I'm so excited about this. I'm super excited too, but I have a little caveat for the people. I um, slept about approximately four hours last night. Uh, You didn't tell me why. Why didn't you sleep last night? Well, I think it's related to the Nespresso machine. Oh, Mago. Yeah, I think I'm completely over-caffeinating because, you know me, I'm usually like 9.30. It's time to wind down. Yeah, I do. 9.30 is pushing it for you. Yeah, That's not winding down. That's like bedtime. I know, ideally. (laughs) And last night it was like 11 o'clock. And I was just, oh man, why didn't you call me? I could have taken advantage of the fact that you were awake so late. I know, I know. I did think about it. But anyway, and then I, you know, went to bed, got my Kindle out, expected sleep to just overcome me. And there I sat till 3 a.m. So anyway, <laughs> oh, that's say, terrible. That's the worst. That's the worst feeling. I know. It really is. I'm a little yeah. tired, but, um, and I'm kind of, kind of leading this episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good luck with that. Bear with me. Bear with me. Okay. We will, we will bear with you. Okay, so Enneagram. I guess let's just start with number one. Okay, so number one is just a quick overview of the Enneagram. I'm sure that there are a handful of people who, when you heard that we were talking about the Enneagram, you might have done a little (laughs) eye roll because there's definitely a contingency of people who are super sick of hearing about this. (laughs) Well, or that don't know enough about it to care about it, but I'm telling you, I was in that contingency before mm-hmm. I really learned about it. Mm-hmm. My life has changed because of the Enneagram. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, um, yeah, unless you've been living under a rock, you yeah. have probably heard about the Enneagram. Um, in case you haven't, just a quick definition. The Enneagram, um, it's been around for a long, long time. It's a system of personality typing that describes patterns in how people conceptualize the world and manage their emotions. So, um, okay. according to the Enneagram, like every, every personality has a certain worldview and they have like a lens and a filter that they view, that mm, they view the yes. world through. And, and yes. we're all different in that. And like, as I've been learning about this, it's been so exciting to just 
learn about my own number and how I view the world, but it's really helped me to learn how the people I love view the world because you yes, know what? for sure. It's different than how I view the world. It is different, and it's okay that it's different. And that's been the beauty of the Enneagram for me is finding out kind of people's motivations behind their actions. Right. And it helps me be way more gracious and compassionate with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's tons of personality typing tests out there. There's Myers-Briggs and what's the one that's like, I'm a porcupine. I don't know. What is that one? Porcupine. You're like an I animal? that one. I don't know. Which is, Myers-Briggs is the like LMFJ, whatever, all those <laughs> letters, right? <laughs> you were so close. You were so close. Well, Yes, it's like I'm an ESFJ. You probably are too. See, FJ, FJ, I got the FJ. I thought we're the same Myers Briggs. I don't think I've ever done it. Mm. Okay, another episode. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so so the Enneagram is there's there's nine types. Okay, and I'm just going to read through the nine types real quickly. There's uh, the ones. They are the reformers and the perfectionists. The twos are the helper or the befrienders. The three are the achievers and the performers. Fours are the individualist and the romantics. Fives are the investigator or the observer. Six are the loyalists uh, and the skeptics. Sevens are the enthusiast and the epicure. Epicure? Epicure. Like they like the fancy stuff. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that word. (laughs) And then eights are the challenger or the protector. And nines are the peacemaker and the mediator. And so what I, I tried, I did two uh, names for each type because I was trying to do, you know, kind of a, there's a twist on these, you know, there's like a, there's a good side yeah. and there's kind of a shadow side. Yeah, there's side. kind of a positive connotation and a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So real quick, let's say um, what we are and what our spouses are. So you go first. Okay. I am an eight with a seven wing. So the challenger, which I don't love. You just taught me on our previous episode about it being the protector. Mm-hmm. I like that description much better than the challenger. But I think the only reason I don't like the description of the challenger is because I've felt that way my whole life and I've not enjoyed it. It's caused me lots mm-hmm. of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is a six with a five wing. He's got a very strong five wing. Um, but he's the six, which is the, what's the sixth one called? The loyalist? Is that the six? The loyalist or the skeptic? Yeah. 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 Oh, pfft. Him. Yeah, so him. There's yeah. no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, we took a long time typing Nathan. Uh huh. But once we finally hit that, oh my gosh, I was like, how, why did it take us this long? Because he's clearly that the second five <laughs> way. Yeah, he's clear that. Okay. Okay. So I am a two, which is the helper or the befriender. Mm-hmm. I kind of like because mine both sound kind of nice. I know you got you got good what like it's positive and positive. Yeah, but there's so much not positive about two that I'm aware of. So mm, I don't see it. I have rose colored glasses with the two. Oh, I love you. <laughs> okay, so I'm a two and I'm married to a seven, which is the enthusiast slash the epicure, which is why I knew what that word meant because yeah. <laughs> holy cow, is Pete an epicure? Oh, man. Yeah, it'll come up throughout the episode okay. here. Yes. Um, okay, so that's just a quick overview. Let's move on to number two. Number two is there are a bajillion amazing resources out there on the Enneagram. Mm. So if this is something that you've, you already know a little bit about, but you're looking to learn more or you're clueless and you're like, what, what the heck is the Enneagram? 
let me help you. So I would say the first thing is if you don't know your type, there is a great free test out there. I think the best one is enneagraminstitute.com. Yeah. Um, that's why I send people. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, just a quick word about tests is it's more important that you read about your number. If you take a test, you're probably going to get like three numbers that are all higher than the other numbers. Um, and that might be a little confusing. So what you need to do is read and really dive into what's underneath all the numbers, what motivates them, what, what their greatest fear is, um, that kind of stuff. So as far as books, my absolute favorite, didn't I send you this one? Um, no. Oh, no, I you sent me a yellow one. Okay. It's just well, a little one. The book that you all can't see that I'm holding up <laughs> is my, my absolute favorite. It's huge. It's really like a textbook. Um, yeah, it's called that's a textbook. Complete Enneagram by Beatrice. You probably didn't send it to me because you knew I wouldn't read it. That's true. I can't remember the last time you read a book. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut. That's the best name, isn't it? Beatrice Chestnut. That's gotta be Beatrice Chestnut. Like a pseudonym. Wow. I don't know. I've heard podcasts with her. She's fantastic. She's a two. So she's super awesome. She's fantastic. Obviously I'd be friends with her. Um, what I love about the complete Enneagram is it goes into so much depth. Um, and the best part is that it really goes into how to grow in your number because knowing your number and, you know, what your number's like is great. And it'll give you something to yeah. talk about at dinner parties. But this is all kind of navel-gazing unless, you know, you want to dig in and do work. And that's what this book does. Why Have you not heard navel-gazing? Why are you looking at me like that? No, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before. You haven't? Navel-gazing? What does navel-gazing? that mean? It's like a, kind of like a narcissistic just looking at yourself. Oh, okay. It's like knowing information and not doing— <laughs> She's looking at her. She's looking at her <laughs> belly button right now. <laughs> I'm just confused why that would be— Like, you're just looking at yourself. Is yeah, and it it's like from? it's kind of like, okay, that only gets you so far to just stare okay. at your own navel. What is that doing for you in life? <laughs> okay. I mean, I get it. Okay. I'm assuming other people have heard that phrase. Very likely other people have heard it, but I've never heard it before. But, okay, go ahead. No, we're, we're teaching people all the things today. I know. They're learning what no. epicure means. They're learning what navel-gazing means. <laughs> it's a, we're, you are a wealth of information. Thank you. I'm just here to play this stupid part. Despite having, <laughs> despite having four hours of sleep. Just think right. if I'd had a full Let's, night. Oh, man, we'd be, like, geniuses after this episode. Okay, so, like, Back to the growth that you can find in this book. So, for example, for a two, um, it'll, like, I, I looked this up before the episode. It says, just an example, say maybe on the way from yes to no. Like, that's something as a two who's, like, a right. people pleaser who get can get caught right. up in that, caring too much what people think um, and saying yes too often. Like, I can kind of chew on that, that idea of growth, mm. you know, and try to work on yeah. that. I looked up the eights. Here's one for you, Emmy. Okay, I, I want to hear it. Consult your head and your heart before taking action. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, well, because I think eights just want to leap into action and yeah. they're good at it. So this is encouraging but you to. What, the reason I was thinking about that is, do I normally just consult my head or just my heart? Or neither. Or neither. Interesting. You know, because yeah. really, because going into action is your gut. No, for sure. You for know? sure. I'm the doer. I'm the let's get it done. Let's right. do it. 
And so I think yeah. it's I think it's actually saying use your head, your heart, and your awesome gut. Uh, okay. For good. Good. That's good. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I highly recommend that book. I'm sure we'll link it somewhere or Emmy will because she does all that stuff. We'll figure out how to do that. Um, a couple other books that I own and love are um, The Road Back to You mm-hmm. and The Road Between Us. Those are great. Um, Ian Crone and Suzanne Stabile wrote both of those. The Road Back to You is like a very easy read about each type. And then The Road Between Us is, it goes into the relationships between two numbers. So like oh. how twos Ooh, and eights interact, how twos and sevens yeah. interact, yada, yada. Yeah. So they're both great. Okay. There are so many great podcasts about the Enneagram. Um, yeah. There's actually one called The Road Back to You that Ian and Suzanne oh. did together. It's fantastic. But then like, I don't know what happened. I kind of want to know the juice behind this, but they each now do their own episode. Oh I, yeah, I like they, there's a it's still fight. the same podcast, but they do separate episodes, or they both have their own podcast. They both have their own podcast. So oh. Ian has one co- called I, Typology, which is great. Okay, I've heard of that one. Uh huh. He's awesome. He's a four. So if you're a four or you mm. love a four, his is great. Um, and then um, Suzanne did the Enneagram Journey, um, and she's a two, so she's always injecting oh, okay. little gems. Interesting. I do want to know what happened there. I always want to know like the backstories on everything. I know. Like they've never and they've never talked about it. So like Right. That makes you, you think, would think that if it, was it had been amicable. Bad. Right. Do you know that word? <laughs> yes, Megan, I know the word amicable. <laughs> Butthead. <laughs> oh, I love you. I'm just teasing. <laughs> okay, and the last thing I wanted to mention on this topic of resources is there are some fantastic Enneagram accounts. So many you could oh so follow many. hundreds and hundreds yeah um, yeah there's one called Enneagram and Coffee which is really great yeah um, I like that follow one. that one yeah there is one called Rude Ass Enneagram which is Rude Ass like Rude R-U-D-E-A-S-S. Ass A S S that's right A Rude Ass Enneagram Rude All right. Ass Enneagram that's lots of funny memes for each number. Oh, nice. It's really funny. I'm, I don't know why I'm not sending those to you more often. They're hilarious. I don't know either. That, I'm confused now. And another one in the same vein is um, actual Enneagram. And okay. for example, I sent I sent this to my friend who's a one. Um, remember, ones are like the perfectionist, the reformer. Yeah. And it says, how a one says, I was just thinking about you. And it says, I just bought my husband a get better soon card. He's not sick. I just think he could be better. <laughs> And she, this was like two weeks ago that I sent her that. And I was just talking to her the other day and she was like, oh my gosh, I still, every time I think about that Instagram post you sent me, I laugh. So that's a a really (laughs) funny one. That's amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah, these are all good. We'll we'll link all these in the show notes. Yeah, and one more I wanted to mention is Nine spelled out, N-I-N-E types co. And she's an illustrator, so she just does these really pretty, kind of like mood board things for each number. Who doesn't love that? They look, they look pretty in your feed. There's another one that does that too. Birch and barley. I don't know. I'm going to oh, butcher it. She does something some pretty barley. too. Yeah. Something with barley. I'll put it in the show notes too. Thank you. When I find it, figure out what it is. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else you want to say about that? Any great books you've read? N- no, Megan, I don't read books. <laughs> Listen, I want to clarify. Why don't you read books? I love podcasts. And I do listen to audiobooks. Um. I, I enjoy. I am point, I'm pointing to my ears. I I did 
air quotes, read Jessica Simpson's biography. <laughs> I love you so much. So, so much. If it's it going to be nonfiction, it, it, it really needs to be a biography. I love biographies. Love them. All right. Okay. There we go. Well, I don't know what that has to do with Enneagrams, but there you have it. There you have it. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Number three. Number three. There is a great, great shortcut to figuring out what your number might be. Oh, yeah. This is really good. And I found this to be very helpful. And our, we have, Megan, we've mentioned she's on the board of my nonprofit. And um, our whole team, we do an annual steering retreat. And she's our Enneagram coach. And <laughs> she, last year, um, like laid this all out for everybody. And this was so helpful to the girls who had not yet figured out their numbers. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I will try not to, I can get a little nerdy on some of this stuff. So I'll try not to nerd out too much. I love it. Okay. So there's these things within the Enneagram called stances, aggressive stance. Okay. And the numbers in those stance are threes, sevens, and eights. Eights. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that these people are rude or always aggressive. What it really means is, is, what does it? Does it? Um, what it means is that the three sevens and eights—they're the kind of people when they're in the room, you're going to notice them. They just have a—they just have a presence, um, and each of those numbers show up in that way for a different reason. But yeah, so those are the—that's the aggressive stance. So um, the second stance is the compliance stance, and those are ones, twos, and sixes. So those are basically the rule followers. Um, But again, for different reasons. So ones are rule followers because they feel like it's the right thing to do and good people follow the rules. Twos are rule followers because uh, it's a little little more twisted for twos. Like they're going to follow the rules that they think other people want them to follow. And it kind of makes them be a little bit of a chameleon. Like a two would happily change their rules if it's going to make people like them. Gotcha. It's Um, not the principle of the rule. It's the getting people to like you. Yeah, be like, oh, yeah, I I do that all the time. Um, (laughs) Not saying it's a good thing. And then sixes are compliant, um, but for a six, their compliantness, compliantness? Compliance. Compliancy, I don't know. Compliance. Complacency? Compliance, no. Compliance. 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 Would, um, for a six, (laughs) that rule-following part of them would come more out of a need for, like, security. And, like, if I follow the rules, I'll be safe. Right. Okay, and then the third stance is the withdrawn stance. So those are fours, fives, and nines. So they're the people <laughs> where mm-hmm. you might be hanging out with them, and you're like, "Wait a second, wait, where'd they go? Where'd they? How they haven't heard their name? They were the just here. Yeah, they sneak off too. Totally. Ray. And that has happened. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I was gonna call out Ray too. Our friend Ray is a five, and. That has happened on more than one occasion where I've been like, wait, where do I go? Where's Ray? Has anyone seen Ray? So then we hunt her down and drag her back. (laughs) Yeah. Poor girl. So again, again, these three numbers, four, fives, and nines, they withdraw for different reasons. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so this is really helpful because most people are going to see themselves. Like I for sure sure see myself in the compliant like stance. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you see yourself in the aggressive stance. You are a presence. Yes. Well, Yeah. I mean, I don't, that sounds a little, I'm a presence. That sounds a little haughty. Well, that's what your best friend is supposed to do. <laughs> I know, I know. But no, I, you're, yeah. I mean, I, if, if those you are my three like, options. You wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, exactly. 
And if those are my three options, I'm not going to say I'm compliant and I'm not going to say I'm exactly. a withdrawer at all. That's never going to be me because I have too much FOMO for that. Exactly. You said that so well yeah. because that's what I was going to say <laughs> is ask yourself which one of those fits you yeah. um, or your spouse or your friend or whatever. Also, like if you think you're a number, like say you think you're a three, but you're like, yeah. I am not like an aggressive, like then you might want to just kind of revisit that and um yeah, just see which one of these you you naturally fall into, aggressive, compliant, or withdrawn. These stances should generally fit if you're in them. It shouldn't be a big stretch. Right. It's you not know? like, oh, I don't know. Am I compliant or am I not compliant? Right. Yeah. Withdrawers should definitely know they're in that camp. Compliance. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, yeah. yeah anyway. that, I think that's, I think actually that's an even better way to start than starting with taking a test. I think I agree. to start with one of those questions and narrow it down to those three and then take the test. And then if one of those three falls into your top two or three numbers, then obviously that's probably most likely your number. Mm -hmm. Good place to start. At least a good place to be. Yeah. It's a good little shortcut. Yeah. Okay. Number four. The Enneagram will give you compassion for the people you love. Absolutely. And this is why I read about this and love to talk about it and want other Mm -hmm. people to know about it. Because if you can find out the number of the people that you love, your life is really going to be so much easier. Because It's so true. Going back to what uh, we talked about at the beginning of the episode about how there's like this lens or filter that Mm -hmm. that different numbers see the world through. Like when someone is just acting completely differently than me, I honestly used to be like, the heck is our problem? If they would just do what I do, the world would be such a great place. <laughs> I mean, we actually have said that phrase to each other many times before. Like, mm-hmm. if everyone just ran things like we did, things would be much better in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's really immaturity because yes. people are just fundamentally different. So, um, so like, here, here's, like, a real-life example of, of this in my life. So, I'm a two. Pete is a seven. Uh, a defining thing for twos is relationships. So everything's about relationship and connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can go to a really unhealthy place, but um, it's really important to us. It's really important to us that the people that matter to us know that we care mm-hmm. about them. So something that's very important to sevens like Pete is keeping their options yes. open. Very. Like, because something more fun might come right. along or, um, I'm gonna, I don't know, what if flights to <laughs> France all of a sudden become, you know, really right. cheap. You gotta keep you your gotta options be open. able to cancel that um, game night you planned with your friends if you have to run off to France. Right. So a real life example is okay. Pete and I will get an invitation in the mail. Yes, I still have friends who send me invitations to parties via the mail. And Those are my kind of people. A few months ago, we got an invitation to a party, and these are people that I really like and care about and um, don't see all that often. And so I said oh, look, the so-and-sos are having a party. Do you want to go? Like, I immediately open it, immediately ask Pete. I look at my calendar. I see we have the date free. And I say, what do you think? And he goes, maybe. (laughs) And I'm just, like, looking at him like, maybe? And it's because this party was in, like, six weeks. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that Which was the appropriate time for that invitation to arrive in the mail. It is inappropriate, right? Yeah. Yep. She's very organized. Yeah. Hostess, this one. Yeah. I love um, it. And so as a two, I'm just like, 
oh my gosh, right. Like, I'm just gonna be like, hey, maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll come to your party. <laughs> maybe we'll come to sure. your party. Um, you know, I want to give the answer right away. I want to show that like, oh, I loved your invitation. And yes, we're coming. We'll be there. What can we bring? <laughs> and my husband's meanwhile, like, Definitely maybe. what can we bring? That would definitely be a part of the response from a two. Yeah. What can I bring? What can I bring? I'll bring more than I How can I help like you? Do you need to help with setup? Yeah. <laughs> Clean up, tear down. <laughs> um, so anyway, but what I've learned, like in the past, something like an interaction like that would have set me off and I would have been so annoyed and I would have probably followed him around the house and been like, what's your problem? Why can't you just decide if you want to go? Yes or no? And it better be yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've learned is this part of sevens that need a little time. They want to keep their options open. So what I said to him was, okay, yeah, I get it. This is like down the road. So do you, do you think that um, I could check back in with you in three days and we could decide if we want to RSVP yes or no? And he was totally fine with that. And he did. And we ended up not going. <laughs> you but, ended up not going? Wait, yeah, I forget how, why. I don't know. Oh. I don't want to name the party. I know, don't, because we don't want anyone to feel yeah. weird about it. But anyway, it was just such a clear example to me of, like, I know this part of Pete, and I know that he's not saying maybe to make me angry. Right. You know, or to right. stop me from doing what I want to do. Well, it's interesting for me with that story, too, because as an eight with a seven wing— that combination for me of the not wanting to like to keep my options open, but also my sense of justice from being an eight is like, I don't want to say yes right away because not because I'm like necessarily as concerned about keeping my options open, but because I want my yes to be yes. Cause mm-hmm. to me, like once you've said yes, that's it. You've committed and you're going. And I, that is like so super important to me. And so I will not RSVP. I'm like a really bad RSVPer because I don't want to RSVP right away because I'm like, mm, I don't know. It's open now, but I don't know. But then I'm like, if I say yes, then we're going no matter what. Mm-hmm. And you would never back like, out. I won't back out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's very, very unusual for me to back out of something once I've said yes. It has to be pretty, like, very compelling reason why. And I, that's something in other people that drives me nuts and that this mm-hmm. Enneagram thing has been helping me with too is that like flakiness is one of my absolute biggest pet peeves. I cannot stand it. I would much rather someone tell me, no, they're not coming and then show right. up because to me, the more the merrier is always the case. And so I would much rather they tell me no and then they show up and I'm like, oh my gosh, you made it. And I'm pleasantly surprised over them saying yes and then not coming and mm-hmm. me being disappointed because they're not there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, but I I see that side and I can have a lot of grace for people, for sevens who have such a hard time mm-hmm. nailing things down because I get that part of it. But then for me, it's the like, like, I'd rather you not tell me and wait until three days before and then tell me yes and actually show up. Right. Right. Well, and like the example with Pete and I, like there's a solution to that. It's me saying, okay, he needs more time. Mm -hmm. But then it's also him meeting me in the middle and realizing that, you know, an RSVP is important to Megan and she wants to go to this party, even though we didn't end up going. Um, Such a shame. So So when when two people that love each other are on board with the Enneagram, there can be a lot of of good. Yeah. And I would say for me and Nathan, you know, he has that so he's a six, so that security is a big thing for him, which 
once we finally nailed that down, I was like, well, duh. Like, there's so many reasons. I, I think if I understand the Enneagram correctly, too, a lot of it has to do with trauma that mm-hmm. you've had in your early life, right? Am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a rabbit trail, but there's like, yeah, there's all these like childhood wounds that each yeah, supposedly has. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't give all that too much. Well, for me, when I saw that part, I was like, oh, because my my husband lost his mom when we were 19 years old, which um, was out of the blue. She died very, very unexpectedly. Um, and that has obviously shaped a lot of who he is. But I think that I finally, when I saw that he was a when I finally when we finally looked at this and went, oh, yeah, he's a six, I'm like, oh, my gosh, security is so, so important mm-hmm. to him. And... Like, that just makes so much more sense to me. And now, like, I just see certain things where I'm the, like, like I said, I'm the more the merrier, the, like, I have FOMO. Like, I want all the people all the time. I have no problem mixing friend groups. I think that's actually fun because I love connection. I think twos and eights have this in common a lot, but I love connection. Most of my motivation comes from wanting to connect, whether it's one-on-one with someone or whether it's with a big group, I love and crave connection. And so I'm like, sure, yeah, let's have our Bible study people over with the coworkers. Like, this will be great. Everyone will love each other. And that could not sound scarier to my husband. To mm-hmm. mix friend groups is like one of his biggest fears, <laughs> truly. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it freaks him out, makes him super anxious. And so I've had to realize, like, that's, part of his thing with security is that like the familiar is easier for him. And when he can have like expectations that can be met, like if he can be more in control of how things are going to play out, the idea of mixing friend groups feels very out of control to him. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I used to get really mad at him. Like I felt like he was trying to rain on my parade. It feels like they're doing it at you, but they're not doing it at you. It's just how they view the world. Yeah, I would feel like he was just trying to be the party pooper. And then when I realized, I think with the sixes, a lot of times comes a lot of anxiety. And Nathan definitely deals with a lot of anxiety. And I never did until only in recent years. And once I started having a little taste of what anxiety looks like, like it really changed how I felt about his responses to things and it made me so much more compassionate. And that's the thing. Like when you just, like I, I, to me, it's all the key motivations. Like when we can understand what motivates a person's action or behavior, it's so much easier to have compassion for them and to be understanding. And it doesn't always, it's not always exciting. Like I don't always, I'm, I'm right. not, it doesn't mean that I'm always like, oh, well, that's because he's a six and okay, it's all right. But it like, it definitely helps me to be like, okay, he mm-hmm. processes things differently it's coming at this from a different. I mean, I mean that, that sounds like such like a no brainer, but I don't know why it really is so much different when you have these, like all this information that comes along mm-hmm. with Enneagram mm-hmm. backing it. Does yeah. that make sense? Did I make any sense just then? It made sense to me. I don't know. You'll have okay. to, you'll have to ask <laughs> listeners. All right. Well, I think, you know, I think what you're saying is that with compassion, comes grace. You can offer grace to people when you feel compassion for them. So yeah, it's good. Information leads to compassion, which leads to grace. Oh my gosh. It's like a <gasps> a t-shirt design I, in the making. Yeah. Maybe we should contact one of those Instagrammers that can make pretty things. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd wear it. Okay, our last one, number five, is you will have a new hobby. The Enneagram is going to give you a way to judge people without ever having to know them. (laughs) (laughs) Should we be encouraging this? This was Pete's edition. I was like, Pete, I need one more thing about the Enneagram. Oh, Um, my gosh. Isn't that funny? I mean, this is obviously a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but— Yes. Like, Pete and I are often watching TV now, and we're like, oh, my gosh, that person is such a one. Or— Look at that four over there. Yeah. I just, we just love to like type everybody in our lives, which really they say you're not supposed to do. I was just going to say, you're really not supposed to type with the people, but it is funny. I will catch myself saying to people sometimes like, mm, are you, do you know your Enneagram number? Are you a four by any chance? I know. Well, Pete was joking because he's like, I'm definitely going to start giving the Enneagram to new employees because he, he would just like to type the whole world. And yeah. he would like to only choose relationships with people that behooves uh, him. Here, here's some examples he gave me. Yeah. He would like his surgeon to be a one, not a four. He, he um, Good point. Yep. Yeah. He doesn't that. need any creativity brought to the no. world of surgery. No. You don't want any emotions <laughs> or the creativity brought into the surgery. Let's make your scar look like a unicorn. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Cora would totally do that if she was a surgeon. He'd like his uh, salesperson that he's trying to hire to be a three because they are mm, yeah. unhealthfully driven. Right. You know, to overworking and right. performing. And um, that's, he'd, that's he said he'd bell. like his terrorist negotiator to be a nine, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's someone that can see both sides. Yeah, totally. I thought it was Very pretty funny. Empathetic. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, really, really, this is a joke because— Those were some great examples by Pete. Oh, well, I was going to say I'd tell him, but you just did because— <laughs> He's like our number one fan. Oh, Although he did tell me that if we skipped another week, he might stop listening. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that was very nice, Pete. Pete, if you're listening. I thought he was kidding. Like I was waiting I don't for think him to he go. Was. Ha ha, just kidding. But he wasn't. That's a man thing to me. Like Nathan would probably say the same thing. He would be like, you're going to lose all your listeners. And first, my first response would be, we don't have that many listeners, Nathan. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, no. I do get sad when my favorite podcasters skip a week, but sometimes they have to skip a week, and I give them grace. Yep. Wow. Because what did you say? Information equals— Information leads to compassion, which leads to grace. (laughs) Da-da-da. Oh. All right. Well, that's all I had. Okay. Um, Okay, well, I love it. In my sleep-deprived state. Is there anything else you want to say? I mean, no. I think you covered them really well, and you are my— Enneagram guru. So if I had anything else to say, it would be from you. But I think we should um, uh, definitely put up a question box on our Instagram. Yes. And I want to know what everyone is. Yeah, we want to know what you are, if you know, and then like ask us questions and maybe we can dive into it a little more if people are interested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully next week we are going to have a special guest. So yes. Well, uh, we won't tell you who yet, but we have um, have our very first interview is coming up. So it's a good one. Yeah, it is. All right. Okay. All right. Love you. <laughs> love you. I meant I meant you. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Okay, we're gonna stop recording now, Jeff. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. And while you're over there, please give us a five-star review. Also give us a follow over on Instagram. We are at Five Things Podcast. That's the number five things podcast. 
If you have any topic suggestions, we would love to hear them. So send us a DM through Instagram and we'll try to get you on the show. That's right. It all would not be possible without the help of Jeff and Taylor over at Goodyear Audio. You can find them on Instagram at good underscore ear underscore audio. And they can help you with all your podcast needs. We'll meet you back here next week.